Hey, welcome everybody to part three of our living room experience. My name is Andrew. This is my wife, Dawn. She did such a great job last week. Come I invite her back <laughs> to do some partner preaching. Yes. Um, and we've been going back uh, to the beginning of the church. Yes. And last week we were uh, in the back half of Luke um, just because... Uh, Luke wrote the book of Acts, and it's such a wonderful story. Mm -hmm. And I wanted us to realize that the church was never man's idea. It right. was always God's idea to yep. uh, bring us together. Uh, before we, we get into the nuts and bolts today of part three of the Living Room Experience, uh, Pastor Don has an announcement about yes. Passion Week next week, so go ahead and talk about that. Hey, you are all invited to experience a very special night on April 10th. It's this Friday. This is going to be our Friday night, Good Friday service. We're combining our journey to the cross, an experience where we're going to go through the suffering of Jesus and what he did for us. And so that evening, we're going to start at seven o'clock. It's going to be a live service on our YouTube, and we're going to go through the journey. We're going to do a Good Friday service with some hymns, yeah. bring your family together. You guys can do this together. And then at the end, as a church family, we're going to take communion together. So plan to be that there with us this Friday night. So just get prepared with some fishy crackers, if that's all you got, you know what I mean, and, and, and some juice yes. or, or uh, whatever you want to drink that night. Yeah. Um, and we're going to, our family is going to be, Jude and Zeke are going to be here with us um, to just kind of wrap up the night and so awesome. taking communion together. We're, we're sad that we can't <clears throat> do Passion Week like we did last year, but... Um, this is our new normal, and we're gonna just make the best of it. Amen. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be an awesome so night. Powerful. It's gonna be a night that you won't forget, a night yeah. that you're not going to want to miss. And so, let me recap real quick. Um, the last couple of weeks, again, we've uh, we've we talked about the last words of Jesus, mm -hmm. and, and you know, the last commandment to go disciple people. And then we talked about the words of Luke last week, and and. He's really talking about the beginning of, of uh, the start of the church. Mm -hmm. And I love Luke because he was such a great historian. He goes in chronological order from the beginning of his book, the Gospel of Luke, to the end of Acts. And so if you're bored and you just want to read a really awesome story, <clears throat> start in the book of Luke, go all the way through the, the book of Acts. And, and awesome. um, it, it's just this great story of how the church came to be in the beginning. And uh, before we pray... Uh, you know, there's. I like to be current. I like to give a current word, and, and we like to talk about maybe some of the buzzwords that's happening currently uh, in our society. And one of the big buzzwords today is essential, right? Right. Am, am I essential? Right. <laughs> is my job essential? Yeah. Some people are are offended that they're not essential. Some people are offended that they are essential because they got to go to work and, and they're put in harm's way. And um, the side note, man, thank you for all of our healthcare uh, professionals. Yes. You guys rock. You guys are amazing. So amazing. Thank you so, so much for, for all the work that you do. Uh, I'm really being on the front lines of, uh, you know, this this pandemic that, that we're in. And so, you know, We've we've seen and we've heard you know people talk about is the church essential is the the gathering together of, of people essential and right. and you know we've talked about how we are the church and and you know the church was never a building right but here's the thing 
God thought that it was essential for his believers to meet together. Yeah. God did. God thought it was essential that we would gather together. He, he, he tells his disciples to go to Jerusalem, meet into a room together. There's about 120 of them together and wait for this amazing gift called the Holy Spirit that we talked about last week. And so God thought it was essential. And, and maybe today you're like, well, I don't think it's essential that the church meets together. And then I would pose a question and, and ask you, how essential is God in your life? That's good. How essential is God in your life? If, and then, you know, when this the whole thing is lifted and, and, the, and the virus is gone and we're back to normal, how essential is church going to be to you afterwards? That's good. When you do have the freedom to come to a building and gather together in one accord, because the truth is that over the last 30 years, we've seen a going away from the gathering together on Sunday mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't think that it's essential. 30 right. years ago, the average of church attendance on a month was a little bit over three times a month. And so people are coming three times out of the month, sometimes four times a month. Today, the, the current statistics is that people go to church under two times a month, so mm -hmm. 1.7 or something like that. And so our culture and our nation is saying that church gatherings aren't really essential into our, our lives. And my hope is that we wake up as a nation and see that God's intention was for the church gathering to be essential. That's where we, we get encouragement, yeah. man. That's where we, man, we, we gather together and we worship God and God's listening to our corporate worship. Mm -hmm. And man, we, we get a word from the Holy Spirit. And, and man, we, we actually believe that the, the pastor's getting a word from the Holy Spirit. And, and man, we can pray together and we can have someone actually lay hands on us and and get healed and, and yeah. man it's just it's a precious time that God saw was essential yeah. to the church and and we see that the early church they gathered together not once a week but every day right every day they saw it was so essential and um I was reading rereading uh Crazy Love by Francis Chan this week, and he has an updated version from 2013. In this chapter, chapter 11, he talks about the church in India, and he talks about the church in China. And he's talking to the leaders there, the Christian leaders there in India and, and in China. Now, remember, we have about 330 million people in this country. Right. Uh, India has about 1.2 billion uh, China has about 1.3 billion, 1.4 billion, and these church leaders was, was they were talking to Francis about the struggles of their church, and you know their struggles is they can't get enough Bibles, mm -hmm. um, you know the heavy persecution, uh, families are split apart. There's a lot of persecution from the families and from the government in both places. You know mm -hmm. in China, it was just a couple of years ago that the Bible was illegal. Um, but they couldn't stop the smuggling in of Bibles. 50 million, uh, 50 million copies of the Bible were being smuggled in every single year. So they're just like, well, let's at least tax it so we can get money because we can't stop it. Mm -hmm. And 
They were, they were telling them all their struggles. You know, in China, people are, are, are being put in prison and, and being killed for their faith. And, and, and so they turned to Francis and they were like, so Francis, what's, man, what's the struggle with the American church? You know, what are you guys struggling with? And he turns to them and he says, well, um, sometimes people leave the church if the music's too loud. Sometimes people leave the church if they don't sing their favorite song every week. Some people leave the church if they're not greeted the right way. Some people leave the church if the kids' church isn't dynamic enough or the pastor's not funny enough that week or the worship team doesn't have the right lights or has too many lights. People leave the church. And in both cases, both religious leaders laughed hysterically at him because they thought he was joking. Yeah. And he turns to them and he says, no, this is, this is our real issues in our church. Right. And the Chinese government just came out this week and said they're not going to let online services anymore. They're not going to let pastors preach online anymore. They're shutting it down. And you, you, you want to know what's going to happen? Their church is going to double. The churches there are going to double. You cannot stop a real move of God. And here we are, America, the most blessed country on the planet. We are founded on God. Yeah. We, are, we, we founded this country so we have a place to worship freely. And we, and if we're really honest, most of us don't see church as essential mm. in our daily week. Because we're so busy with, with stuff and, right. and camping and, and skiing and vacations and golfing and football. And we wonder why that the family dynamic in our country is falling apart. And you wonder why God is trying to bring the family back together and let us realize that, man, church gathering is essential. Yeah. If we really want to see a move of God, if we want to see a move of God like we've never, a historic move of God. We have to bring the Sabbath. I was praying this week, um, and I really believe that God spoke to me, and he says, the move of God that I'm going to do is going to be when my people begin to really do a Sabbath every week mm -hmm. and really say, hey, this day we're going to dedicate to God, and I'm not saying you can't do other things, but God created the universe in six days, and the seventh day he rested on purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a reason why one of the Ten Commandments is keep the Sabbath day holy, because God wants us to have a day where we rest in him. And I'm telling you, the, the move of God that he wants to do is going to come out of that rest, that spiritual rest. When we say, okay, man, we're so busy six days a week, man, the seventh day, in the Jewish calendar, it's actually the first day. Sunday's the first day. We're going to give God the first. So good. And I believe that's where the move of God is going to come in our country when we say, okay, the early church saw it important that this day would be essential. Let's bring that back. After all of this is over, again, let's put God first in our lives again. Amen. And I feel like we need to preface. This isn't propaganda of us like, oh, we're against the government. Right, right, right. That's... That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this is such a, such a short time. We're gathering together on a video. You guys are in your living room. We're gathering. This is a gathering together. Yeah. All of us in our homes, we're the church. What we're talking about is what happens 
after. Right. When we're allowed to come together, are we valuing what God has given us right. and the privilege of the country we live in that we can choose to gather together. We are not going against our government. We would never do that. We would never put anybody in harm's way. Our heart is wisdom, responsibility, right? And faith. Hey, this doesn't say we don't have faith. It says we have wisdom and responsibility in faith. Amen. And so uh, we want to prepare us as a community, ourselves and our hearts to what does God have for the ripple effect of what's going on today? That's good. Awesome. Go ahead and read uh, 1 John 4, 8. Sure. 1 John 4, 8 says, But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and love today. So let's pray and, and, and get into it. Lord, we thank you so much that you are a good God. We thank you that you are faithful. We thank you that we live in this country, that we can yes, gather together virtually, Lord, that we can gather together in our homes and listen to your truth and listen to what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Lord, I pray open hearts, open minds to receive your Holy Spirit and all that your Holy Spirit has for your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Um, <clears throat> The love of God, you know, John in 1 John 4, 8, he writes it that God is love. He does it on purpose. Mm -hmm. It's not love is God. God is love. And it's because love takes place between two people. Mm. And God loved his son mm. and he loves the Holy Spirit first. And yeah. so he shows us what love looks like by loving them first before the world is created. He loves them and so love takes place between two people and the early church was filled with the holy spirit we'll get to that in a moment and they were just filled with this this supernatural love for one another and it was just it was so contagious mm. you want to talk about something that's contagious we're in something that's really contagious right, right? with yeah. the coronavirus the love of God that they experienced was so contagious that 3,000 people contracted this love virus yeah. in one day because it was just like, man, I can't stop talking about the love of God. I can't mm. stop talking about how good Jesus is. And right. one of the things that uh, stuck out to me when, when, when Francis Chan was talking to the church in India and in China is because he, he asked them, he's like, how do you get your church to be so passionate about God? Right. Because our church, our church is impassionate, right? And and how how you know China in China, like they're showing up two hours before the service so they can practice worship. So they give their best worship to God. And so he's like, How do you how do you get them to be so passionate? Yeah. And they looked at him and they said, if Jesus wasn't worth leaving everything for, you see, we don't, we don't have that. We don't have that type of persecution here. Mm -hmm. You see people in India and in China, they're leaving their families. Mm. And families are being broken apart because some believe and some don't. And they're being heavily persecuted by their families and by their mm -hmm. government. And, you know, they can be put in prison and they can even die. And they can even be put to death. 
And so they're like, if it wasn't worth leaving everything, we wouldn't do it. If Jesus wasn't worth it, we wouldn't do it. And so no, but there, there's no such thing as a lukewarm Christian in India and China. There's just not. There's right. just there's nobody that's just on the fence and, well, maybe I'll go to church three or four times a year. You know, there's, there's none of that there. They're, they're all sold out because they actually believe in these scriptures. Yeah. And they're like, man, we have to actually leave stuff because we're, we're going through real persecution. We can actually lose our life. And so it wouldn't be worth leaving everything if it wasn't real. Mm. And so we see that, and that's why everybody's so passionate. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so we see this in the early church. Everybody's so passionate because they had that type of same persecution that they were living in was, man, it wasn't popular to be a Christian you know, the Jews hated them, the Roman government hated them, and at any point they could arrest them right. or even kill them. And so it wasn't a popular thing. It was just something that they were encountering the love of God so much, and it was so contagious that the only antidote for them, the only antidote was for them to gather together yes. every day. They gathered together every day, and they read Scripture together. They listened to the apostles, and they were just in awe of God. And that's why God was doing miracles Mm. and just his presence was so thick with them. It's because, man, they were just so dedicated to God because this was everything to them. This was this was everything to them. And it's because they, you know, and they encountered just this authentic love of God that you can't explain with anything else. Yes. It was just a just a beautiful experience, you know, that man, when when we're infected with the love of God, with the, with the Holy Spirit, that it's just so contagious. We can't not tell somebody about the love of Jesus. And so that's what happened in the early church. Let's, let's get into scripture today. Let's get into the book of Acts here, uh, chapter two. I'm going to read one through uh, verse four today. Let's go ahead and read it. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And so they were, they were following instruction from Jesus. Jesus told them to go and meet together in one place, and so they did it. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. That's good. And so the phrase that I want us to focus on this week, and we'll focus on that not next week, but in two weeks, uh, about you know the different languages and stuff. What does it mean to you to be filled with the Holy Spirit? There, there's a reason why... Luke uses those words, that word filled. And the reason why he uses that word filled is because being filled with the Holy Spirit enables us to fulfill the greatest commandment of Jesus. Yes. It it allows us to, to fulfill it. Without it, we can't fulfill it. Greatest commandment, to make disciples, to go and bring people and invite people into this life with God. And so we have to be filled 
in order to be sent out. And Jesus said, wait for the Holy Spirit and get filled before you go. Right. And so, you know, we can't gather together, but that doesn't mean we can't have illustrations. Come Come on, on, somebody. I love illustrations. You know, I love me a good illustration. (laughs) Let me move the Bible. (laughs) So, this is a calendar, okay? And this is going to represent our soul, okay? This is going to represent our soul before the Holy Spirit. And our soul is filled with a bunch of holes before Jesus. Come on, it rhymes. That's a good word. Our soul is filled with a bunch of holes. And so we can can experience some good things. Man, we can get a a raise at our job, right? We we can get a raise at the job and, and we have more money, right? But... If our soul has a bunch of holes in it, it's just going to go right through. Man, we can get a new house, right? We get a new house, but you, you know what ends up happening? Uh, eventually, that house doesn't... It's not enough. It's not satisfying no. enough, right? It's and, not filling and, you up. Man, we can go on different vacations, right? We can go on different vacations. And, and you know, it's fun in the moment, but right. it's not... It's not completely satisfying, and we can we can work more and and make more money and and get a different job and and you know we can do all of these things in life that we think mm. will satisfy us. Relationships. And, and if I can just get this yeah. job or start this business or get into this relationship yeah. or if I was married to somebody differently, like maybe like I would be satisfied. Maybe that would fill me. Maybe I can get fulfillment, and and it's we're just. We've, we've got a hole. We've got holes in our soul, and it's just seeping right through. And this is why we can't get no satisfaction. Can't oh, get no. Honey. We can't oh. get no satisfaction, oh. and, and we, we can't <laughs> find fulfillment because it's just seeping right through. That's so good. It's seeping right through. And so, what happens, okay, when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, when we invite God? into our lives, what happens is that the Holy Spirit seals these holes in our heart, seals Mm -hmm. these holes in our soul. And what happens is we become whole. We become a bowl. Come on, somebody. Your soul (laughs) becomes a bowl. bowl. (laughs) Because the Holy Spirit becomes a seal and it seals up all the holes. Let let me give you the definition of a seal real quick. A seal in biblical times as today is used to guarantee security or indicate ownership. Come on somebody. When you receive Jesus, you are now his. You are now whole in him. Ancient seals were often made of wax and embedded with the personalized imprint of the guarantor. And so Man, when we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives, God seals the holes of our soul, and we now can contain, now we can, can contain the blessings of God. Yes. Pour We're, it out, baby. What happened? What Pour happened? that into that. Okay. There you go. You, you took my, my... I know. It was right here. The deal. The thing. <laughs> and so when, when, man, we get a, a new job, or, or we, oh, oh boy... When we experience the peace of God, right? Yes. It, it stays in the soul, right? When, when we experience that, man, that great thing that's happening in our marriage and, and in our family, it's staying in our soul. 
when God we get made that, us whole. Right. When we get yes. that new home, man, we're satisfied <laughs> and we can find contentment in it. All of a sudden, it's not the whole thing of our lives. It's mm. just something that God has blessed us with, right? right? And so, and the peace of God, the love of God, yeah. it, it stays contained in our soul. It doesn't slip out. Right. And this is why we can, we can be full uh, of the Holy Spirit and we can be made whole in God. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Anything that can be filled can become empty. And as followers of Christ, we're actually supposed to empty what God pours into our soul. That's so good. And as followers of Christ, whatever God pours in, He doesn't pour in just so us, so we can hoard or just keep in, but but He gives it to us. Are you going to drink this? No, don't no, no don't pour it in there. You don't want to pour it in there. Pretend. No, I need some containers <laughs> to pour into. <laughs> No, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. <laughs> Pour this into the cup. I need more containers. Hey, we are back. We had some technical issues. Actually, we had a container issue, okay? We didn't have enough containers, and we had some spillage, okay? We don't want to spill the blessings of God. We want to contain the blessings of God. And so, man, when, when God pours into us, our whole, our whole thing is not to stay full of the Holy Spirit. Mm. It's to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want us to stay full, right? Because the whole thing is that we would pour out into others. And so mm-hmm. when God fills us, when, when the Holy Spirit fills us and we're filled up, it's our role and, and our privilege to pour out into one another. Man, we're yeah. pouring out grace on one another. We're, man, we're giving encouragement to mm. one another. Man, we're loving one another. Man, we're, we're encouraging every single week. And, and, and man, we're, we're just giving encouraging words. Man, we're loving one another. Man, we're, every, man, we're just pouring out financial blessings and, and we're being the hands and feet of Jesus in people's lives. Again, the whole idea is that we just don't become full of the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. We just stay full, but that we're pouring yeah. out and we're, we're being filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And as you can see, this container is empty. Anything that can be filled will, will, will go empty. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to go empty. That's why being filled with the Holy Spirit it's just not a one-time thing, that it's a daily thing. And mm-hmm. I know some of you are feeling like this empty container today. Mm-hmm. You, you've, you've lost jobs, you've lost income, you're isolated, you're away from your friends and your family, and our new normal is weird. Like this is something we've never gone through before, this social isolation. And, you know, our, our, our phones have done a great job of social, you know, preparing us for this, right? right? Social isolation. And that was never God's plan. His plan is that we would gather together as church in person because there's power there. And there's a pouring out that happens when we gather together. And so I know some of you are feeling like this empty container today. 
And we have to be being filled with the Holy Spirit as a daily experience. And so I, I just want to ask you, Don, you know, how do you get filled? How do you get this container filled back up after you've, you've poured out what God has poured Every in day. You? Every day. I start my day with Jesus. Every morning I rise and there's Jesus. I have a Bible app and I press play and I listen to the word of God every morning. Every morning I'm getting, getting the truth of God in my life. And then when I'm done listening to the word, I put on my worship music and I am jamming out to worship music, getting filled up. I have worship music playing while the kids are getting up and getting ready. We, while we're making lunches, while we're packing everybody up, when we get in the car, we got worship music going on and the kids are jamming out. I'm getting filled. We're getting filled with the Holy Spirit, filling, filling, filling. And then we pray together. Hey, do you want to pray this morning? If they don't want to pray, I pray. And we ask God, we welcome the Holy Spirit into our day. And we ask him to to be with us in our highs and in our lows. God, be with us. We're constantly talking with him. And then throughout the day, talking with God and looking for ways that I can encourage someone. Man, when I encourage someone, I'm feeling encouraged. I'm getting filled up when I encourage someone else. I ask God, what is an opportunity that I can love someone today? Where are the opportunities that I can give back and pour out today? And then that is constantly pouring in and pouring in. And then at the end of the day, we do Bible study with the boys. They have their Bibles where they're reading their Bibles, and then we read the Bible, and then we pray together as a family. We tuck the kids in. And then Andrew and I, we have positioned ourselves in a place every evening where we go out onto our sunroom and we pray with God. We have time with God. It's about 30 minutes of time where we have worship music going and we pray about everything. Mm-hmm. We pray about our family, our marriage, our church, uh, the direction that God is leading us in every area. We we pray and we, we ask God to fill us constantly. Um, friendships fill us. And when we didn't have friends, because there was a season where we didn't right. have any friends, yeah. we sought the Lord even more. And so... It's just all day, every day that we're constantly inviting the Holy Spirit into our lives Mm -hmm. to fill us. And so the disciples are in the upper room. There's 120 of them. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're they're baptized in this love, right? Mm -hmm. They're submerged in the love of God. And it allows them to fulfill the greatest commandment of Jesus, which is Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Jesus says this, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I love the all part. Yep. All. With all your heart. And that leads me to Jeremiah 29, 13. And I want to read that to you, Jeremiah 29, 13. I love this. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart, all, the all, like when you're all in, when we were living in the world and, 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 in drugs and alcohol, and we were all in the world. And when we gave our hearts to Jesus, we were all in, 
Like it wasn't like dip our little toes in the world. No, we, we were all in it. And I love the verses before, the very famous verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, is two verses before that. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. He has a hope and a future for you. Come on, we got to get filled up with the Holy Spirit. Then, this is verse 12, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. God's listening to you. And when you seek him with all your heart, you will find him and he will mm. lead and guide you. He'll fill you up with his spirit yeah. when you seek him with all your heart. So good. What is so different about Christianity than any other religion is that you have a real relationship with God. You have a real relationship with Him. And He, we need the Holy Spirit to love Him back. We need this supernatural love that, that comes from Him to love Him back. And especially to love our neighbor. Come on, somebody. Yeah. We need this supernatural love. And so the disciples couldn't fulfill the greatest command without the Holy Spirit, yeah. without this supernatural love that we see that they receive. And for me, you know, we, we both grew up in church, grew up in church, and, um, you know, it wasn't the fear of hell that turned me back to God. No. And, and, you know, grew up in fire and brimstone era, you yeah. know, we were afraid of go to hell and prayed every day that, God wouldn't send me to hell. And, you know, it just had that fear in my heart of going to hell. And it wasn't hell that returned me to God. It was the encounter that I had with his love. Yes. Knowing that even though I screwed my life up and made all of these mistakes, the moment I came back to him, he's like, I love you. You know, it was his arms are open wide and, and it was compassion. It was grace. It was mm -hmm. love. It was man, I still have a hope and a future for your life. Amen. You screwed up your life for a long time. Yeah. I still love you. I still got a hope and a future for you. And it was because I believe we just went all in. Yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm not sure about this. And my heart is, is your pastor. And no matter when you're watching this or where you're watching this, man, I want you to experience what we've experienced in God. This transformation mm -hmm. power this encounter with God's love that truly changes everything. It changes everything. And when the disciples were filled up in that room with the Holy Spirit, it transformed them, gave them boldness. Like they were hiding. They were hiding. And, they, yeah. and, and this love that was so vibrant and attractional went out and how many got saved that day? 3,000. 3,000 people because of the love of the Holy Spirit that was resonating through them. Yeah. They couldn't do it without it, mm -hmm. without that. Yeah. And I think Jesus, he, he creates this pathway to the church and his pathway was so different than the Jewish customs and the Jewish law. Jesus comes on the scene and he says, hey, belong. Just belong. Mm. You, don't, you don't have to clean up. You don't have to behave. Just belong. He lets people belong before they believe. He's hanging out with sinners and he's 
eating with them and he's hanging out with them. You know, you, you look at Matthew, the tax collector, who was the worst. He was one of the worst people in the culture during that time. Everyone hated tax collectors. And he goes to his booth and he says, follow me. Matthew's still broken. He's still a sinner. He's still a cheat. He's still all of those things. Right. And Jesus invites him on this journey to follow, uh, to follow him. You see, the Jewish, the, the Jewish custom was, they said, you have to behave before you belong. You have to follow all of these laws, and then we're going to make up a bunch of other rules that you got to follow to make it really hard. And you have to do all of these, and you have to do them well, and you can't mess up. Then you can belong. Jesus comes on the scene and says, man, I want you to belong. I love you. Mm. And it's just this compassionate love that just is so filled with grace. And I just want people to know uh, that, that might be watching, and, and you might not consider yourself as a Christian. And listen... God wants you to belong first. He wants you to know yeah. that you belong into his family. And if you don't have a church, man, Passionate Life Church, we want you to belong before you behave. We want you to belong, uh, you, you know, first. Yeah. And what we've experienced is the longer you belong, you will experience the love of Jesus. And that's what Jesus brought to uh, our culture. He's just like, man... You're accepted. I love you for just who you are. Right. You hang out with me long enough, you're going to change. Yeah, transformation. You're going to encounter yeah. God's love. And uh, I just, I just want to end with this story, and then we're going to pray. We're going to say two separate prayers today. We just really feel like we need to do that today. Uh, the first year of our, our church, we were in the movie theater, um, and uh, one of our friends from college uh, came to watch me preach, and I was a partier all four years of college, and that's the only person she knew. She used to party with me, and um, that's who she knew. And she comes, and she shows up to church on Sunday, and she hears me preach a message, and afterwards, we're in the lobby, and she's just looking at me, and she's like, you look like the old person I used to know, but you sound nothing like him. Like, I don't know you. Mm. And maybe it's a sad moment, but to me, it was a transformation moment. She says, I can't do this. Like, I can't come listen to you speak anymore because it's too weird for me. You look like the old person, but you, nothing else resembles that old person. You on, are Jesus. completely different. Come on than the person that I once knew. Yeah. And that's the radical transformation of the love of God. When we let the Holy Spirit fill us, He will transform us. And the whole idea is not to stay full of the things of God, that we would be that vessel that pours out into people's lives and that we're constantly staying filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. You want to Amen. end with anything this morning? What I love about this moment in the upper room is that all the disciples knew Jesus. Yeah. They knew him. We can know Jesus and not be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can know Jesus mm -hmm. and know about him and, and experience him and be around him and, and, and things like that. But I think it's so cool to recognize that he says, go up and wait for me to fill you. Mm -hmm. Wait for me to fill you 
with my love. And so when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, that, that baptism, that drenched in his spirit, the first evidence is love. Yeah. He wants us to be able to love God, love our neighbor, and then love ourselves. Like we can't love ourselves without the Holy Spirit. Right. Totally. How do we forgive ourselves? How do we extend grace to ourselves? How are we not right. picking ourselves apart and critical? Like we have to be filled the Holy Spirit in order to experience those things. So we can believe and we can and we can know about God and we can even experience God and, and have him in our life, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to activate that love. And he's asking for everybody to do mm, that and yeah. to choose that. So good. Awesome. Mm. Um, we want to give everyone an opportunity to receive Jesus right now. Maybe you would say, I've never said yes to Jesus and I need to right now. Or maybe you've drifted from the truth and you just drifted from the things of God and you want to rededicate your life to Jesus. And so we're going to give you a time to do that right now. Um, I would ask that you would repeat the prayer uh, today um, as I say the prayer with me. Um, let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. And we thank you for what you did on the cross. For what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sin. That you would forgive me of all my sin. That you would come into my life. That you would come into my life. And be my Lord and King. And be my Lord and King. And from this day forward. And from this day forward. I will follow you. I will follow you. In Jesus' name, Amen, amen. and Amen. I want to clap. But, hey, heaven's rejoicing. Come on, you just made the greatest decision of your life today. Uh, man, what an awesome day it is for you. Uh, now, I, I want to I say another prayer, and then you're going to close us out yep. um, with some things that you can do uh, with, with prayer and, and uh, getting in contact with us. Um, I just want us, I want us to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives. I want us to be filled. Many of us look like this because of what is happening. And so I just want to make sure this morning, right now, in this moment, that we're being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so let's go ahead and just pray right now. I would just ask that you would open your, your hands up wherever you are. Uh, and just in, this is just an act of re, just receiving and surrender of the Holy Spirit. God, I, I thank you that your plan was to send Jesus and that Jesus would send the Holy Spirit. And so right now, just like what happened in the upper room. We just ask right now, Jesus, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we would be filled with this supernatural love right now that helps us love ourselves, but helps us love you, God, that helps us love our neighbor right now. And as we're, we're being filled up right now by the Holy Spirit, Lord, I just pray right now that fear would flow out. I pray right now that anxiety would flow out. I pray right now that, that uh, stress would flow out, that we would be filled up with the Holy Spirit and these things that are not supposed to be in our souls would not stay in our souls. Holy Spirit, fill us with peace and joy right now. Fill us with gentleness. Fill us with uh, confidence, Lord, that you are in control of this situation. Holy Spirit, Fill us right now with everything that you have in store for us. Holy Spirit, fill us with your hope and your future. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.
And amen. 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 Hey, if you gave your heart to Jesus today and you don't have a Bible, we would love yeah. to give you, send you a Bible. We have a fresh start kit. Um, that we would love to send you as well. If you would like a Bible or a fresh start kit, you can always email us at passionlifechurch at gmail.com. Uh, email us with your information. We would love to send those things to you. Also, if you need prayer, we always do prayer at the end of every single service, and we're not going to stop doing that. We believe in the power of prayer. Amen. And so if you have any prayer requests, uh, please text this number at the bottom of your screen. We would love to pray with you and over you today. Awesome. We love you guys. Again, we miss you so much. We miss you. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you sometime this week. Have a great day. Hey, Pastor and Life Church. Thanks so much for checking out our video. We're so thankful you're able to join us today. I just want to encourage you to share this video. You know, text it out, post it on your social media with three friends. Pick three friends who you know really need this message during this time. Also, a quick reminder, you can give to the mission and vision of Passing the Life Church online. Uh, we thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week.